Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life Hacks for Working Moms, the podcast that helps you overcome the overwhelm, embrace the chaos, and cultivate a life you love. My name is Megan Strand, and today is an extra magical day for me, and I will tell you why in just a minute. Today, we're going to continue on with our series about making your home run just a little bit more smoothly. And in this episode, we are going to dive into a technology tool that is going to blow your mind if you don't know about it already. And one that I'm just sort of relearning a little bit, and that is Evernote. And the reason I'm so excited today is that we are doing this with one of my most favorite people in the world, my good friend, producer of this and other amazing fantastic podcasts. He's a broadcaster. He's a photographer. He is Pete Wright with Rash Pixel. Hey, Pete. Hey, Megan. So that awesome. was so nice. You are. You're like one of my favorite people. Oh, well, I'm super glad to be able to talk to you about this. Um, mostly because I like look at the people that you have already talked to and that are going to talk to. And I'm super honored to be included on this list. These are my favorite people. I know, right? I know. I'm, a very, I'm very excited. But I got to tell you, People, you're going to hear from Peter again because he has so many amazing things to share, and this is just scratching the surface of his knowledge. So, I the first thing I want to know. Well, actually, let me give a little bit more of a Peter and Evernote introduction. Is is that when I hear about how Peter is using Evernote, it it freaks me out a little bit because when I tell you that he is a master of organizing absolutely everything, I am not even coming close to capturing his workflow for both his home and his kids and his business, and so. Pete, I wonder if we can talk a little bit about how you discovered Evernote. Like, where? How did you find this amazing magical tool? Why did you not make me do more with it sooner? <laughs> so this is on me. That's Ever, good. It's all on you when it That's comes good. to technology. You know that. You know, I uh, I discovered Evernote a long, long time ago. Um, I, you know, I think it was it was still in beta uh, as a service when I when I first discovered it, and it was a recommendation from one of my f- fabulous other nerd friends who likes you know, doing new things and disrupting workflows. And, uh, and he said, you got to try this. You just, you have to, you have to give Evernote a shot. And, you know, back then it looked not much like it looks now. Um, but, but I tried to give it a shot. And the, the, the main feature that I was being sold on at the time was OCR, right? Optical character recognition, Mm. that you could take a picture of something and, uh, take a picture of a sign or, or you know, a piece of paper or something, and, and it would upload to the Evernote cloud, and then magically Evernote would apply its secret sauce to it, and suddenly you'd be able to search for words that were in that photograph, and they would come up for you uh, as you're searching. And so I remember quite clearly, I had signed up for Evernote, and I had imported a ton of just dumb documents that were on my, just text files, because I was working working strictly in text files, just a ton of them into Evernote. I had given no thought about it since. I mean, you know how this works. You get a new thing and you try it for like five minutes, you do one audacious thing with it and then forget about it. And so I had, it was it was full. Like I didn't even know where to, where to start. So I, sh- I shelved it. And then I, I was standing there, I was walking through Barnes and Noble and there was a book on the you know shelf the new release shelf and it said hey you know i i remember talking to my wife i said you know i i need to read this book but i don't i don't want to buy it right now cuz i have a lot of books i want to read but I, I i thought this may be a shot forever now i'm going to see if this is really as good as it is so i took a picture of the cover of the book and then it, that was it that, that was just it that was the end of it for probably 3 months i didn't even think about it until one day uh I am reminded some, I don't even remember what the reason was, but I remember very clearly thinking, gosh, I wonder what the name of that book was. I can't remember, but I do remember the author. So I opened Evernote on a whim 
and search for the author's last name. And the photo of the book cover came That's up from crazy. Evernote. And it was like, it was, you know, at the t- this was years ago. And at the time, it was such a magical sort of transformational experience. I thought, I want, I think I right that. at that moment, I want everything in my life to be in Evernote. And it is. <laughs> you know? Today it is. it is. Well, it is. And, you know, there were so many competing uh, tools at the time. You know, I, I was very much into text files. I was very much into Yojimbo, which was kind of the other everything bucket that has been around for a long, long time. But it never quite worked the way my brain worked. Uh, and so I, I really settled on Evernote and and uh, have been working in it ever since. Okay, so two things. First, tell us what Evernote is just conceptually for people who do not understand. Well, you know, I really do frame it like this everything bucket. You know, it is really designed as a, a place to collect everything that matters to you, you know, whether it's uh, articles and research, whether it's, you know, long form writing. I know a lot of people who, who, you know, writers on the web who start writing in Evernote. Because that's the way that, you know, that's the place where they can go to keep all of their ideas, you know, organized. Uh, I use it for, it is it is the hub to my paperless system. You know, my, my house is, uh, certainly my office, my workflow has gone largely paperless. And it's, it is thanks to Evernote and the way Evernote allows me to just dump everything into it. So that's sort of the first step is being able to collect the stuff and, and, get it into the Evernote system. But, and off of but, your counter. Yeah, and off of your counter, out of stacks, you know, so it stops fermenting on your desk sort of thing. But then there's the management piece of it, and that's what I like so much about Evernote. It works in this, in a very sort of um, approachable uh, uh, metaphor of notebooks. You know, right. I think in terms of notebooks, it's easy for me to think of notebooks and stacks of notebooks. And the way Evernote uses notebooks as their metaphor, it really works for me. Um, and and so from there, it's it's easy to find and organize the stuff that you dump into Evernote. And because that OCR is so resilient, you can dump PDFs, images, whatever you put in it. You know, if you can remember one word out of what you put in it, you'll be able to find it with a quick search later. So talk, give us two very quick examples of how you use this. I want one about how you use it with your kids because it's brilliant. And then just one quick example of how you would use this professionally, like a project that you might use this for. Well, I'll start with the professional one because I, uh, you know, I, I do it every single day. Yeah. Um, I, you know, as a, as a podcaster, I run a, a number of shows and, uh, you know, for me to be able to keep track of shows, show titles, show notes, uh, all in one place, uh, and, and to be able to collaborate with co-hosts, uh, Evernote is the hub for that activity. So I'll create a notebook for each show. And in that notebook, I'll create a note that has a table in it. It's the editorial calendar for that show. And it has all the show show episode numbers, show titles, the dates the show's going live, a little checkbox that I check when all of the, the process is finished. You know, the show is live. It's out to the world. I'll check the box. And that's that's a satisfying mark of completion. Check box. I oh, love check, that checkbox. Oh, check. It's so satisfying. Oh, please. Um, and each note, each show title is clickable. It's a it's a hyperlink to another note in my Evernote notebook. So if I click on that show title, it'll take me to the show detail or that episode detail where I have uh, you know notes, images, research, background, uh, guest bios, anything related to that episode is all saved in that note. Now that notebook, this is one of the huge benefits of, of Evernote, can be shared with other Evernote Evernote users. So I I share that notebook with you know 
edit privileges with somebody else who's using Evernote, in this case, my co-hosts, and they can see all the show notes. We can be looking at show notes in the same, you know, while they, we're recording together. They can together. add to it as well, right? Absolutely. They can add, if they find an article yes. that they're looking for online, they can add to it and you can kind of mark up that note, right? Yeah, absolutely. Can you, do you ever like record? Cause I know one of the cool things about Evernote, when you talk about, you can add any media to it, you mm-hmm. can click a button and you can take a picture of yourself. You can click a button and you can record something audio. So do you ever leave like little voice messages to people? Uh, um, can you do that? I do. <laughs> okay. Technically you can, but I like how your voice got all conspiratorial. I know. Cause it's all sneaky. Can you leave like little audio bombs to other people? I might do that to you. you- <laughs> You can and you should. I I highly encourage that sort of subversive behavior. What subversive. what I really use, you know, I, I think where Evernote really shines uh, in terms of that sort of activity is in, on mobile, right? To be able mm. to open the Evernote app, and we didn't even talk about this. I mean, it's the app is hugely important that there is an app for Android, there's an app for iPhone, there's an app for iPad, there's an app for everything. Uh, every device you can, you know, all the, the biggest, most common device, I'm sure somebody's going to say, there's not an app for my Palm 5, but but there's an app for, for many, uh, you know, current popular devices. You download this app and you can do a lot of great stuff with it. And audio is a big one. So if I sit down to the meeting, you know, with a potential advertiser or a client and I, and I want to capture those, uh, capture that um, you know, that meeting, I'll just turn on the audio recorder and set the phone down. And then Evernote takes that audio, it records it in a, a highly efficient kind of compressed format, uh, and uploads it to the Evernote cloud for me to access as soon as I get back to my computer. That that note is playable and it's on my desktop. It's really, really lovely. Um, so, you know, getting accessing that Evernote uh, mobile app is is really powerful. And that's, uh, you know, that's, so I use that. You would talk about the podcasting. That's my that's my professional example. Right. Give me the kid example because I love this one. Because, you know, the, the beauty of Evernote is that you can use this for everything. And I think so often we have one tool that we use for work that's the collaboration software or something. And then we have something else for home that maybe one person in your family knows how to use. But this, that's to me, the beauty of Evernote because you can do all of this stuff in one app. So talk about, I love, tell us first how old your kids are, your adorable children, how old they are and what you're using with them on Evernote. Well, they, they are, I, they are adorable. Thank you for saying so that my daughter is in the seventh grade and my son is in the third grade. And, um, you know, we were running into this challenge with paper coming home. And this, this was pa- every kind of paper. I from hate kids. paper. Oh, my gosh. And kid paper. It, it is. <sighs> and kid paper is a, it is some sort of a, a biological kind of a, it's a, it's like a virus, right? I mean, it's, it's it true. multiplies. You don't even know it's happening. It's true. Um, yeah, it's, it's really horrible. And so I was running into this challenge of, you know, there's the parental guilt of, oh, my gosh, what do I do with all this paper? That is coming home. Like I had these stacks of old art projects. You know what and we stacks do? Stacks of things. What do you do? We have a Rubbermaid in our garage, and I just keep jamming more stuff into it. It's hor- It's horrible. Well, that's like uh, similar to uh, what's the word? Compost. <laughs> like you could actually <laughs> go could out and shove it. Wait a few years. Put a little food in there. Some old banana peels. It's <laughs> an excellent and, idea. After right? I get it all into Evernote, I'm doing that. <laughs> There's. It can be done. Um, so to fight the stacks, you know, I, I it started with just me, you know, thinking, okay, I'm gonna. I, I created. I wrote out. I opened up my little notebook and I wrote out a a, um, a kind of a triage process. Triage. And that was first. Yeah, I like the word triage. So I try to use it as much as possible. I don't think it's used enough. Uh, and so I would take any piece of paper that came into the house. I would look at it and I would say, okay, first of all, is this important to me? Right? Is it something that my kids have created that I know instinctively I will cherish? 
If it is, then I'll kind of put it aside and, and think about, is this something I want to keep in, you know, in, in paper format? Like, do I want to frame it? Uh, that's a pretty rare uh, piece of paper that yeah. comes home, a pretty rare art project. But there are several of those that yeah. have come in and they've turned into Mother's Day projects. Totally. You know, they've turned into grandmother pro- gifts, those sorts of things. So that's that's step one. Now, if I don't want to keep it uh, or, or, you know, I, then the question is, does anybody else want to keep it? Right. And so uh, I have to ask my wife, do you want to keep this? Do you care about this? If she says, yes, I'll usually just take a quick picture of it and save it in my Evernote notebook and, and be done with it. If she doesn't want it, then I go to the kids. I think, you know, is this something you're particularly proud of that you think, you, you know, you want to keep? And, and generally, you know, the kids are. I, I have one kid who's like, I really don't care. And the other <laughs> one is like, I want to save everything. Every shred of paper. Yes, yes. And so, you know, we had to go through that process. And I ended up taking pictures of a lot of documents. And I, and I don't mean just artwork. I mean, like, you know, homework assignments and tests and things that just came into the house. Right. Well, then I got to thinking, why do I have to do all that work? Totally. Right. You know, the kids, we're on the, the family trickle down device plan. So my kids have, you know, they have their touches, iPod touches and iPhones. And so, um, you know, I, I sat down one night with each of them and set up an Evernote account. Now, this That's was a so couple smart. of years ago. Yeah. You know, so they each have an Evernote account. They have it on their mobile devices. And if there's some, if there's a piece of paper or a piece of artwork that comes into the house that I don't want, my wife doesn't want. And uh, then we pass it to the kids, and they get to make the final call. If they want it, they get to take a picture of it and label it and tag it and save it in their Evernote account. And that Evernote account is is theirs for good. They have the password. They get to keep it forever and ever and ever. And it's one of the things that I like so much about Evernote. Um, you know, Phil Levin is the, the CEO of Evernote, and, and, and he really sees this and has said many times part of their mission is that Evernote is a 100-year company. They see this as a legacy brand and are really working hard to maintain that sort of brand trust and the technological and security trust such that they can be in a hundred year brand. So, you know, I, I have no trouble with, with seeing my kids take their artwork and then totally. scanning it, putting it this in this hundred year bucket and then shredding it. So are they, are they taking a picture of it with your, with their phone or their device or are they scanning it? Cause you told me about an app scan bot. I did tell you about scan. And I downloaded ScanBot and I love it. So are they it's, taking pictures of it or are they scanning it? I guess it depends taking, on what it is. Well, they are taking pictures of it in Evernote for now. Um, and, and I say for now because a, I haven't installed ScanBot for them. Well, cause that uh, one actually that, does cost a little bit of money, like it, a $2. It does. Well, it does. But if you're in the iOS ecosystem and haven't turned on family sharing, you totally should, because then oh. one person buys it and everybody else in your family can download oh, it. Duh. So okay. that may be a different episode, but totally um, yeah. getting Megan up to getting Megan 2014 up to speed, technology, the, uh, <laughs> Uh, even 2012 technology. Yeah, really. We'd shoot for that. Uh, that would be I, a, I kid a good minimum for me. Right. <laughs> uh, but you know, the Evernote camera is is really good. But what Evernote does is, you know, it takes JPEGs, right? It takes pictures, like photos of your stuff, and it sends it up there and applies its OCR magic to it. Um, so they're taking photos of their stuff. And Can for it read artwork, children's for- handwriting? Sorry to interrupt. Not well. Okay. Not not just really. checking. I can't it read does, my it, children's handwriting, so I didn't know if Evernote could. Yeah, because that would really has, be an interesting device. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that's that's AI that would soon run the world if True. you could figure that out. So I, uh, it, you know, what I like so much about ScanBot, and again, it's like it's two ninety nine, and then if you unlock some of the more advanced features, it's like seven ninety nine total. So so it's a it, it is a, it, a paid app, but totally worth it. Uh, and that is an actual sort of 
camera scanner. So you, well, I don't know, maybe you should talk about it. How have you Scan used it bot? so far? Yeah. Okay. So here's, this is what I was going to seg into. So that was a perfect little segue. What I was going to say is that I love my technology and I love having everything in one place, but I am a writer. I like to write. I like to mm-hmm. take notes and what I used ScanBot for last night, and maybe I should have just taken a picture of it to put it into Evernote, but I was trying out my new um, device, my new app. I was reading a book and I had taken a bunch of notes. So I scanned the notes and put them into Evernote because it was actually research for a future show that I wanted to remember. So that's what I did with with ScanBot was I just scanned my notes. So should I have taken a picture of that instead of scanning it? Well, it's a, you know it it ends up being sort of six and one half dozen okay. of the other, right? If you're living in the Evernote ecosystem, what I like about ScanBot is when I'm handed, you know, large stacks of like typed paper. You know, that's like you know, you know we go to you go to meetings and they say, here's a handout for today's meeting, or here's the presentation that the seventy page presentation right. and we're going to give you the handout. And and what are the odds if you're ever going to go back to that? And so, um, you know, maybe not seventy pages, but if you get a couple of pages of paper from a meeting, you can sit there at the meeting. Open up oh, ScanBot. That's a good and, idea. And scan your what ScanBot does Just so takes a elegantly. It does. It takes it. You hold it over. You hold the and and the interface is what's really beautiful about it. Right? Was is that you just hold the hold your phone just right over the uh, the the page for just a few seconds it auto detects the borders it takes a picture and if you have it set on multi-page it then just waits for you to replace the page right so you know i do this every single day with my daily mail as i said this is part of my my uh, my paperless process so the mail comes in i stand at my desk i open up everything anything i want to keep i run a quick ScanBot to it, uh, through it. And as soon as you hit save on ScanBot, because I've associated ScanBot to with Evernote. my Evernote account. I found that. Yep. That's awesome. Magically process it, o- uh, processes it, OCRs it, and saves it into my inbox folder, my notebook in Evernote. Oh, so, so that's that what you have an inbox later. folder. Inbox, is it an inbox note or an inbox? It's got to be an inbox notebook in Evernote. It is a notebook. Yeah. And then when you get to Evernote, you process it then. Yeah. Yeah, I go through and I process it. I'll usually sit down in front of a movie or something, you know, or watching for a movie for the other, another podcast I do, and I'll have a couple of hours where I can watch this movie, and, and I'll, uh, you know, process the, the week's worth of documents I want to keep. Got it. Okay. So I so. also want to talk, speaking of writing, the mm-hmm. other thing that I think is super cool that I cannot wait to try, and I'm really not sure why I haven't yet, is the Moleskine interface, because again, I like to write. So talk a little bit about that and how you're using that with Evernote. Well, you know, I I am a huge fan of Moleskine, and I have tried a number of other journals. Uh, you know, because I'm I'm with you. I love the feel of of writing. I don't want to let go of paper completely. Right. As much of an advocate of paperless as I am, so you know, I I tripped over the the Evernote Moleskine journal and. It has a few interesting features in it. So you open it up, it looks like paper. But if you look really, really close to it, close at it, all of the lines on the lined paper are little tiny dots, these little mm. micro dots, right? And so as you write on it, uh, you make your notes, you make your checklists. Then in the back of Evernote, of the, the Moleskine Journal, it comes with a set of stickers. These stickers are like a, a, an X or a lightning bolt or a building or uh, a little house or an airplane or a check mark, right? So you have these these uh, little stickers that you can stick on the page. So when you're finished with your meeting or whatever you have been writing, you hold your Evernote mobile, uh, Evernote-enabled mobile phone over this page and take a picture of it. Now, the Evernote mobile app will auto-detect your handwriting. It will see these stickers 
and it will automatically tag and file your notes according to your preset uh, uh, hierarchy or taxonomy of how to use those stickers. So for example, I have a green check mark. That means I just made a checklist. So it, it goes into my uh, to-do uh, essentially oh, app, that's right? cool. or, or notebook, right? So you just and, assign what the stickers yeah, are. You do. You get to assign what the stick. It comes with a default, you know, home, travel, work, Got school, it. whatever, but you can change those. And, you know, I have a little lightning bolt, which is urgent, right? So anytime you see a lightning bolt on one of these pages, it gets scanned and it's put into my urgent file, which is already alarmed and, you know, all, it, it, well, that's the other thing about Evernote. You can kind yeah. of use it like a calendar, which I always think is great. You get reminders. You can, yeah. Um, talk a little bit about templates, because I think that's another brilliant use. I'm sorry, template, templates for checklists, because I think that's another brilliant use. And I love this is another systems thing that I think is really smart. So talk a little bit about that and how you use templates for checklists. Well, there are a number of, of sort of opportunities for standardizing, you know, text and, and, you know, just another example back to this podcast thing, cause it's, it's, yeah, no, it's a good example. Me. Well, so I have, um, you know, I have this set of notes in, in a notebook called templates. And when you go in and look at these notes, they're all just like blank fields. So you'll see a bunch of bold titles and colons, essentially, you know, for a podcast, it might be show date, colon, public show link, colon. And, uh, and then there might be a checklist of here are the activities that need to happen in order for this show to go live, but it's all genericized. It's not specific to any particular episode or show. So I can then take that text and I can, uh, or take those notes and copy it in, into new notes, uh, that allows me to kind of reproduce those steps each week, um, you know, or for each episode that I use. I also have you know i i use i use a lot of text expander for for that oh, too I love so text expander yeah so for long checklists it's uh, that that you're going to genericize it works really well for for that but but it, there's kind of a fine line between where you're going to use text expander and, and create a snippet versus where you're going to use a templated note for notes i end up you know if it's a a much longer kind of a process particularly a process i need to share with other people and other people need to access uh those templates you know then then a template is really the answer and so you know i I use it for uh, documenting locations. So I, I have a place where there's a map. I'll take a screenshot of a map of where I am. You know, if I'm if I'm scouting locations for future photo shoots, you know, and I'll I will uh, you know write you know some language describing the location, the weather, etc. And so I have a template that actually sort of reminds me what I need to add to this note in order to make it useful for me in the future. And I think the whole point of all of this is that about the checklists. I don't know if you've read the checklist manifesto, but it's the whole book about how pretty much anything you do, you can and should develop a checklist for mostly yeah. because there's a lot of human error that happens. And you know, some of this is low risk. Uh, if I forget my socks on the way to the gym, I'm going to have blisters, but you know, some of them are important. You know, the whole checklist manifesto is about surgeons and the checklist that they've come up with and pilots right. and how they've done this. So I think it's really smart. The more we can minimize our own thinking, um, when we're thinking clearly is that's a great way to do it. I think that is, I mean, I could not agree more. I, when you think about, you know, astronauts, pilots, surgeons, uh, these people who podcasters, <laughs> well, that's sort of my counter example, but you know, these people who have spent their years training and becoming experts in these incredibly intense, high stress fields, uh, they, they, you know, they rely on checklists, you know, they don't rely on their brains right. to get these, these processes done right. right and every the more we can time. minimize thinking the less, I think the less stress. And that's kind of what, that's what this is all about is yeah, ways to systematize too. and reduce your own stress, 
collect your inputs all in one place. Okay. Right. So two last questions. Cause I'm, sure. we're going a little bit over, but it's so interesting. I can't stop. Okay. <laughs> so two more questions. First of all, tags. So you can tag notes in Evernote and it's like, you know, kind of a filing system, if you will. But the, I'm just curious to know what your operating principle is, your organizing principle with tags, because I had literally like a thousand tags in my Evernote, which is so useless. So talk to me about how you use tags. I deleted um, them all. Don't worry. Well, that's good. That's good. Tags are tricky. You know, I I can't really talk about tags until I talk about notebooks um, because it's really the notebooks that I that I rely on the most. Right. Um, I have I have two notebooks that I that I live in. The first one is, and I call them at inbox and at filing cabinet, just so they're right at the top of oh, my notebooks okay. list. Right. And so the filing cabinet is the dumping ground. Right. That is the the that's the giant bucket where everything I'm finished with that I want to keep lives. And the inbox is where all new material comes in that I'm going to process, right? right? That, that includes research, clipped web pages, images, whatever it is. It all starts in the inbox for me to go process it. And from that inbox, uh, as I'm going through each note, I look at, you know, is this a client? Uh, is this, if it's a client, then a client, each client has its own notebook. Right. Uh, is it a project, a personal project? Is it around the house? I have a number of notebooks related to things around the house from daily mail, family stuff. You know, we even have a shared note between my wife and my kids and I about our family movie list. Uh, so there's no fighting about what so movie smart. we're going to watch because we just have a checklist. That's of, so smart. And all of us can add our favorite movies to it. So we just know we, we run through the list in order. There's never any argument. So it's those sorts of things. So I, you know, you know, I move those things into notebooks if there is a notebook that is appropriate for it. If there is no notebook appropriate for it, then I just dump it into filing cabinet. Now, tags are a little bit different because tags, you know, I was with you. I mean, I had thousands of tags just because it's so easy to rattle off tags while you're, while you're you know, working on a, on a note. Um, and suddenly every tag has five or ten, or every note has five or ten tags to it, and it becomes really useless. Uh, I ended up getting rid of just about all of my tags, mm -hmm. and now I think of tags in terms of projects like that are time uh, time delimited, right? So if I have a project that I'm, you know, that is part of a client um, activity, the note lives in the client notebook and is tagged around the project I'm working on at the time. Okay. And at the end of the project, I just do a quick search or I jump to that tag. I delete the tag from all the notes and then it's done. Then I can move all those notes to the filing cabinet. I know I'll be able to find them later because they're referenced by the, you know, the, the um, uh, client name and the note title. And so there, I, I really have sort of given up on tags as a long-term uh, taxonomy. That it's, makes sense to me. Yeah, it's really short-term for me. I like that. I like that better. Okay, so... I sort of lied. There's actually two more things after this. So this <laughs> Evernote is a free app. Yes. But we need to talk about whether you pay for the app. And I know that you feel passionately about this. So go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, go. So it is free. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, these are you you do get extra features when you go premium you know all of evernote is free you get no ads uh you get more advanced search features um you get to access offline notes right uh, when you're on your mobile device so if you if you have a bunch of notes in a notebook that you want to take with you but you're going to be working uh. on a plane on your iPad if you have the free version of evernote you can't do that you uh. have to have gone up to premium i didn't know that uh, 
right? So I originally went premium when there were no other fancy features <laughs> than getting rid of ads. I just like the idea of being done with ads. I hate ads. But I quickly discovered that, you know, these people working on Evernote are uh, they are passionate technologists, and this is a this is a business with a long term horizon. And I find myself wanting deeply to support those developers. I want to support their livelihoods just because they've supported mine. Right? right? You right. know, so much of my business hinges on, on a Evernote. few key software tools <laughs> that I pay pennies for if you annualize it. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, because uh, what is it? What is it for a year? Twenty nine. It's it's forty nine. Forty five bucks. It's five bucks it's a month. Right. It is nothing, and you get you get so much, but mostly you just you get the satisfaction of knowing that you're supporting the ongoing development of this tool. That at least for me has become Come central to my business. I could not be successful and put food on the table without this tool that does have a free option. But I, you can bet I'm going to pay for it to 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 earn it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that audio clip and I'm gonna Evernote that to Evernote because it's such a really good testimonial for them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? See, I, I, see, I'm I, getting it. Oh, you are totally getting okay. It. Last well, thing. I, I last feel very thing. Strongly this about is that. Yes. because I've gone way over my time. Sorry, people, but it's so <laughs> exciting. The last thing is talk just quickly, and we can put some stuff in show notes. But talk quickly about how people should get started with Evernote because we've talked about a ton today, and some of it yeah. is a little bit high level. Some of it we dig down into the weeds a little bit. But like getting started, what's your advice there? In addition to what we'll put into the show notes. Well, I, you know, I, I told you I started probably the wrong way, which was to take just a, everything that I had and dump it into Evernote. So now I had everything I had, which was disorganized on my computer and dumped it into Evernote where it was disorganized on my computer. Um, I, I think where Evernote really shines, as we've already talked about, is when you have a function for it, when you have a purpose and, and let Evernote grow from your initial purpose. So think about what it is you want to do. If it's a personal uh, thing, maybe you want to try uh, maybe you don't want to try Evernote at all from you know from the perspective of just the the main app. Maybe you want to keep your recipes in Evernote, so you might start with Evernote food. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. You know, we didn't talk about the the ecosystem of Evernote. Maybe that'll be for a part part two. But, but there are a number of apps that extend Evernote and use Evernote's sort of note metaphor as its back end. Evernote food is a great example of that. And that might get you started with a project to, to, you know, digitize your recipes. That's function number one. So what is that? that? Sharing recipes with other people? Well, no, it's just documenting your own recipes. We oh, went through the process oh. of taking this, our old paper notebooks of, of recipes and taking pictures of them or typing them in just as we made the, the recipes. And then we have, you know, you take a picture of the food and you have a nice little display uh, of your of your recipe with the finished meal. Got it. Um, That's a good way to get started because... It is a good way to get started, you know, or maybe it's just... Um, Maybe it's like I I started using it, you know. Maybe it's just you want to catalog. You're a reader, and you want to catalog your favorite books. Take a picture of the book and write a little review in Evernote. Suddenly, you have a little book review uh, library. So I guess I would start with a with a system, and then think about you what know, else. Yeah, what else can you do? You know, because Evernote is so wide open. Uh, that it can seem daunting so fast. That's yeah. the number one thing I hear from people is I can't, I just can't get into Evernote. It's too big. It's just, it's too loose. And and you have to develop your own set of rules uh, in order to make Evernote work for you. And I've I've spent a lot of years doing that. So I sometimes take that for granted myself. But I I think you know jumping in modestly is is probably the right way to go. Good place to get started. Okay, yeah. thank you so much. That's a very good tip. And again, we will put a couple of links that Peter has recommended into the show notes that will help you do that. So. 
Thank you so much. This has been so fantastic. I just love this conversation. We definitely are going to have to have a part two sometime in the future. But in the meantime, where can people find Pete Wright? Well, you can find me uh, on Twitter. I'm at Pete Wright on Twitter. That's an easy way. If you want to reach out to me, if you have any questions, I'd be happy to, to uh, talk to you on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm over at rashpixel.com is, is where I blog uh, intermittently. And and uh, you can find out more about the other shows that I do, uh, you know, there if you're, if you're so interested. And they're so great. There's one in particular that's really good, but I'm not going to mention it on this show. <laughs> Just kidding. You can whatever you, whatever you want to do. <laughs> this is your show. That's right. That's right. Well, you can find me personally on Twitter as well. I'm at Megan Strand, and you can find life hacks for working moms at the website lh the number four wm dot com. That's lh number four wm dot com. Please subscribe to the podcast in iTunes if you enjoyed this show so you can get more of the same. You can also find us on Stitcher Smart Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. We will catch you next time.